welcome to Blades Pod. My name's Ben. It is Monday the 7th of October. I'm joined, as always, by Andrew of Roy's View From. How are you doing today, Paul? I'm Sal, mate. How are you? Yeah, I'm all good, thank you. Back in uh, back in not-so-sunny Sheffield. Um, yeah. But yeah, all good. Um, United drew 0-0 with Watford this weekend. Uh, good point or bad point? Or somewhere in between? I think it's somewhere in between. I think I'd have taken a point before the game simply because I thought Watford were going to come steaming at us. There were a lot of build-up in the press from their players and their manager that were reading and I thought this is going to be a bit of an onslaught. And Yeah, it never happened. Uh, the, I don't think the game itself ever got going. It was just mm. sort of, yeah, you know, I think that's how you'd sum it up as a game. Yeah, it's... Um... So obviously, yeah, the build-up from them was—I uh, think it was their manager, wasn't it? So the biggest game since they were promoted to the Premier League or something. Yeah, like Tom Cleverley saw an interview with him about the day before, saying, "We know how big this game is. It's, you know, we're gonna—I don't think he said we're gonna put everything. It weren't, weren't quite point, uh, Pontus Janssen, but <laughs> it were. Uh, yeah, you were like sort of basically building it up to say, right, we need three points in this game. We realise how big it is, and I were expecting at least the first twenty minutes. I said to my friend on the way down, we need to survive this first 20, 25 minutes because. They're just going to be, you know, bombarding us, and it just never happened. Mm. So, full disclosure, I missed like the first twenty-five minutes, and I've I've, I've seen it back, but yeah. uh, I was I was still travelling. I, I uh, underestimated how long it would take me to get home, but never mind. Um, yeah, so <laughs> there was that. Yeah, as you said, you know, biggest game in the, since promotion for them, and yeah, I, I did expect they would be going all out to win it, but actually, the opposite happened. I mean, they. They set up with three at the back for I think it's the first time this season. That's certainly what um, you know what a lot of kind of pundits have said. Yeah, their fans were saying exactly the same. That's the first time they've played three at the back this season. Um, and I was surprised by their lack of um, attacking intent. I mean, you know, if you, if you've, anyone listened to this last week, then you will have heard me talk up Watford as actually slightly better than um, than their league position suggests, particularly going forward, where they have created a lot of chances. Um, they've just been really poor at finishing. So I was kind of expecting, as you say, a bit of um, a, a tougher game in terms of uh, being put under the caution, having having you know the opposition committing a lot of men forward. But they seem to be very, very much concerned with protecting a point, which I think is kind of what got their manager sacked in the first place. Their, their, yeah. their current manager in his previous spell, where they would basically just set up to restrict teams and, and hope to nick a goal from a, a set piece or a counter-attack and well I suppose you can say it very nearly worked for them but at the yeah. same time um, yeah surprising approach um, I think he took Wilder by surprise as well mm. I think he, he seemed quite surprised after about how much possession we had and how much so we we dictated well I don't know about dictated but you know I had so much of the ball and they let us have it and I'd, I'd argue that they didn't even create their own chances as well I think the two chances that they got were from you know, big errors from us, and then obviously the one at the end, bad marking. I don't think they. I, I, I've, I've not got the stats in front of me or anything, but I don't think they ever added like a sustained period of any sort of pressure in our half. Not really. No, I mean, yeah, you mentioned the possession there. Overall, sixty-one uh, percent uh, possession by us, which is I think that's our highest of the season by quite a way. Actually, we're we're, yeah. we're averaging about forty-four, forty-five percent. So that yeah. was a lot. Um, but as you say, they they created or had the uh, the best chances of the game by by a distance. Um, the xG comes out uh, one point four four for Watford and uh, a, a pretty measly zero point three five for us. Which, yeah, I, I think that kind of <laughs> tells the story of uh, of the game in both penalty areas, but not the bit in between. I suppose. Yeah, there are yeah. three big chances. So the first one. Um, I mean, it was just sort of a, a, a long ball to no one, really, wasn't it? And then, is it O'Connell or Stevens that leaves it? I think it's Stevens. I think it's the. I thought it were O'Connell at first, but I watched it back. I think it's Stevens who leaves it for Henderson, seemingly, and Henderson leaves it for Stevens, and then none of them get it. <laughs> I mean, it, that was farcical. I can't, I, if they'd scored that, um, that's got to be one of the worst goals conceded I, in the Premier League. I said League at the time, as the ball were going across, I said, there's another rubbish goal we've conceded, and then obviously knocked it over the bar. So. Yeah, so it ends up being... I mean, the ball, just to be clear, in case anyone's not seen it, the ball is sort of... It's basically in front of the manager's... In front of the dugout, isn't it? It's not like it's yeah. on the edge of our penalty area and you're going like, come on, keeper, come and get it. But inexplicably, it's left for the goalkeeper. And they they run in and they have three on three on one, essentially, one defender... Um, it gets squared for Andre Gray, and he inexplicably puts it over the bar. Now, as it happens, mm. 
Uh, I think he was offside. Um, so the flag didn't go up, but I think if he'd scored, then it would have been ruled out for yeah, uh, yeah. for offside. But still, like, an awful situation to, to concede, even if it doesn't end up in the back of the net. So... Yeah, slightly worrying that one. Um, but this is what I mean. I don't think that I don't think you can claim that they created that chance at no. all. It was a clearance, basically. That we just let, I've never. Yeah, it was Sunday league style football, that weren't it? <laughs> it's, it's a cliche, but it actually was. Like if that, yeah. if that had been scored in a non-league game, you'd be like, oh my lord, how embarrassing! Like get that on Twitter immediately. That's going to yeah, get a, yeah. a million retweets from football bants account or whatever. <laughs> um, and then the second, yeah, second of their chances um, again kind of came from a clearance which they flicked on, and then it comes to Welbeck on the halfway line, and Egan sort of it kind of stoops to head it, and it's about what is it? It's probably knee height, chest uh, waist yeah, height, something yeah. like that. Uh, Welbeck nicks it away, easy on goal. Could have squared it to Gray. Um, Henderson ends up making a, a big save uh, from a one on one, and then right at the end, a free kick, just a straight free kick into the box. This one actually possibly annoyed me more because I said exactly the same I, I think I wrote that on the S2 forum that, that that's the one out of the three that really annoyed me last minute of the game just switch on it's not you know it wasn't a, a particularly good ball into the box or anything no um, yeah it annoyed me more because it's like it, that felt like a situation we might face more often if you know what I mean rather than you know mm. just, just our left back just leaving the ball inexplicably in his own half um, yeah. so yeah just a sort of straight ball into the box from a, a deep free kick and yeah Dawson gets in and uh, he, he should do better, I think. Really, it's yeah, another, does, yeah. It's, it's another very good save from Henderson. But yeah, if he finds it, gets it anywhere closer to the corner from that range, it's going to be a goal. So, yeah, those were those were the chances of the game, and, and United had very little. I mean, the sort of phrase I wrote down about this was like control without quality from us. I yeah. think, um, particularly in the first half, um, where I thought we. We really moved the ball around well, you know, Lundstrom and Norwood were, you know, switching it from side to side. Basham got forward loads, him and Baldock were, you know, sort of camped on the edge of their area quite a lot of the time in the first mm. half. But we, I, I think more than, I think more than any game this season, this was like a lack of quality from us. So, yeah, we just, our crossing was poor, uh, you know, we just didn't create anything at all. We had nine shots in the game, which is... Slightly more than Watford, um, who had eight. But yeah, just just a real lack of cutting edge. Which is and it's strange because we had a lot of those at games last season where we had all the possession and and teams sat deep, and we did manage to find a way to break him down. But as you say, it was just the quality in the final third. I think there was a bit of a lack of movement as well from the, the from the front two. But more than anything, it, we weren't getting any overloads down either wing. I know they were sitting deep, and I know it's difficult. But we managed it last season. And the mm. season before, when we won League One, obviously teams were even deeper than that. So, yeah, it was just poor quality, I think, in the final third. Yeah, I have to, I have to give Watford a little bit of credit for, like I say, I think, I think it did work what they were trying to do. Um, yeah, well, they were, the main aim were obviously to keep a clean sheet. Yeah. Uh, so there's the this stat um, PPDA, which is always a mouthful. Um, <laughs> which basically measures how how high and how well you you press a team. It's the amount of passes you allow a team to have before you take a defensive action. So before you put in a tackle or uh, intercept or something like that. Um, so Watford's PPDA, uh, 19.38, which means that they were allowing us to have basically 20 passes of the ball before they did anything about it. That is by far the highest that we've faced this season. It's, it's typically been sort of 10, 11, 12, that kind of thing. So what that essentially says is they stood off us. Um, and they allowed us to have the ball, uh, you know, 40 yards out. They allowed Norwood to make, uh, he attempted 100 passes in the game, which is a hell of a lot. Um, and yeah, they just they just allowed us to do that. Um, and so it, it looked good for us, you know, I, I was enjoying enjoying watching us knocking it around, you know, first time passes, switching it out wide, etc. But it just meant there was such a block to get through in their penalty area. And yeah, they're, you know, pretty big centre-halves. Um, they kind of pushed us out wide a little bit. Um, obviously, we're, you know, we, we, we like to get out wide as well and try and get crosses in from those areas. And yeah, it, it, it was sort of a, a strange mix of um, both teams almost playing into each other's hands and just completely cancelling each other out, I think. Yeah, I think, that, I think that's correct. I think, in hindsight, it might have been a game for Billy Sharp just with his movement in the around the six-yard box, you know, in the box. There are a lot of times where 
Fleck and Norwood in particular were stood with their arms out as if to say, "Where is every, Where's the movement? What, mm. what were we supposed to be doing here?" And they were going backwards and sideways, and then we were just putting a hopeful cross in. Reminded me a lot of the Everton game, but flipped. You know, mm. where Everton had all the possession but never really created anything, and just resorted to putting balls in the box that were easily cleared. I, I felt a lot of a lot of similarities between that game and this. Yeah, that's a that's a good comparison actually. Um... Yeah, Which may- surprised me because I didn't think anybody would sit that deep against us, particularly not at home. No, uh, and as you say, yeah, Wilder was, you know, certainly sounded quite surprised uh, in his in his post match interview as well. Um, yeah, I mean, you mentioned the crosses there; that was the one stat that really jumped out at me. So we. We attempted 30 crosses in the game and only six were completed, which is, is mm. pretty bad. And, and you know, I, I think, um, you know, I mentioned uh, how much we were kind of getting forward down the right. But then if you look at the crossing stats from that side, Baldock yeah. 1 out of 6, Basham 0, 0, out, 0 from 2, Lundstrom 0 from 2. You know, we tar- I think I think we targeted their right-hand side as, a, as an area of weakness because I, yeah. I don't... I don't think that's particularly strong down that side with um, it's Holobas, isn't it? And then uh, Cabaselli as well. Who, yeah, on that, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm not Because we were saying the good. first half, it shows you a heat map at half time. I don't know if you saw it. And it was just all down there, right? Our attack, mm. every one of them. And we know Baldock's faults, if you like, are his final ball and his, uh, his play in the final third. But in fairness to him, there were, again, there were a couple of times where he's looking up and there's six Watford players in, a, in the area. Yeah. And then just our two strikers, and you're thinking, well, this is going to have to be like a perfect ball, really, to to create anything. Um, yeah, the, I don't. Do you see the bit where he, I think Baldock put a good tackling uh, on their player right quite near the corner flag, mm. and sort of ran into the area, and then just basically stood as if to say, "What do you want me to do?" <laughs> you mm. know, and he ended up losing the ball. He should have been quicker. Don't get me wrong; it was poor play from him. But it was also poor play from the people in the box. There were no moving. It was just so static. And this is where I'm talking about. Sharp maybe could have made a slight difference in that area when we were in dominated, particularly in the first half. But as I've said, I don't blame Wilder for not playing him because I didn't expect Watford to sit that deep. Mm. I don't know what we do with our strikers, to be honest. Like They're all, I don't know, they all seem to have... uh, I think every time we bring on a striker off the bench, they look better than whoever started the game. Yeah, exactly that, yeah. yeah. (laughs) And, um, you know, some of that is tiring legs. You know, your fresh legs are... Uh, you know that does make a difference uh, against you know tiring defenders, but yeah, it's um, it's strange. I think we've I can't remember if this is right or not, but we've scored, I think we've scored the most goals by substitutes this season or something like that, or it's one of the yeah that's uh, that, that, that did come up on the match anyway. Yeah, that they did say that. Yeah. So um, and yeah, in this game, Musa comes on and you know uh, provides a bit of spark. Definitely, you know, some really nice. Uh, some really nice touches for him. That sort of pirouette away from a defender was fantastic. That was a highlight of the game. That'll be on Soccer AM, won't it? <laughs> yeah, I, I did enjoy. Um, I don't know whether you, you noticed this, but I was, I was watching with, uh, with with headphones on, so I could hear it quite clearly. But almost immediately after that, uh, Moose did another bit of skill, and I think he tried a, a through ball which got blocked, and you could just hear Wilder going, "Moose, Moose." Yeah, yeah, simple, we did hear that. Simple. Yeah, we, yeah, we were we were saying like, "Look at Wilder going mad!" Like it's obviously a bit of a close up of him. Yeah. But yeah. that's what he's there for. He's that little bit of difference, isn't he? And I do think that he did offer that more than the other the, the strikers who started. I think he offered more than them two in that little brief cameo. Yeah, indeed. Um, I want to I want to not talk about those two in too much detail because I think we'll probably do it next week uh, during the international break. Where yeah. I think we'll uh, fine, yeah. <laughs> we'll give a good a good breakdown on um, on the new signings so far, I suppose. But yeah, a bit a bit of criticism for. Um, at Bernie and Robinson, I think, but I, 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 yeah, as, as you kind of said, I have to temper that with um, you know the lack of or, or how deep Watford are and how difficult it is to get round that sometimes, unless you have. This is what I was going to say. Creators. As much as I can criticise McBurney and Robinson, and I don't think they offered enough in terms of just basically being a nuisance in the way that. Billy Sharp offers a nuisance factor. Moose offers something which is a bit out of nowhere where he can turn a game, maybe. McGoldrick is getting better every time he doesn't play, so he's showing <laughs> just how important it is to us. I do think they like that, but at the same time, they didn't have a, a, a chance, really. I mean, there was the one shot from Robinson, which was straight at the keeper, and then there were one across the box. I think it was from Basham, which is probably the best cross of the game, to be fair, which meant Bernie nearly got onto. Mm. Uh, and that was it. They had no service. I watched the. Did you watch the Brighton Tottenham game? Are you'd have been away, weren't you? No, I just uh, just caught bits of it on the radio. 
Yeah, Harry Kane, if you watch that game, I think he had six touches in the first half. He looks like an appalling striker. Hmm. He's not an appalling striker. You put Harry Kane in that team on uh, Saturday for us, and it'd have looked poor. So I think it's it's easy to... to and there is a lot of criticism for the strikers, and rightly so. But there's more to it than that. And they're not getting... We did no, nowhere near play to their strengths. Hmm, indeed. Um, yeah, I want to talk about that in a bit more detail in a moment, actually, um, about... Chance creation generally, I suppose, and particularly in this game. Mm. Um, I guess to yeah, just return to the opening point, a good point or a bad point, um, as in a, a draw at Watford. I, I think, yeah, overall, you know, I'm not unhappy about this. I don't think we, you know, we, we definitely lack quality. It was one of our worst, uh, I guess, outputs in terms of chance creation. But overall, you know, we didn't lose the game. Um, we got another point away from home. We're up to nine points from eight games. Um, yeah, it's, it's hard for me to be unhappy about that, I think, uh, particularly as it didn't allow Watford to close the gap on us. That's another game where they've not that's, won that's a point. That's what I said last week to you on the pod. I said I'd be happy with a draw simply because we're six points in front of them and our goal difference is something like 18, 19 better than them or something like that. <laughs> so I would have taken that before the game and I, I understand people's frustration because it was a game that was there for the taking there's no doubt about mm. that they looked really short on confidence I think if we'd have got a goal we'd have probably won that game Yeah. but at the same time taking in isolation as a point I don't think it's a bad point I understand why people do they see in the bottom of the league and stuff and they think well, we should be beating them but I saw them against Arsenal in their last down game and they were far, far better than the league table suggests in that particular game. And the stats back that up. I thought it was mm. going to be a really, really tough game, which is why I'd have taken a point. In yeah. hindsight, in, sorry, looking back at the game, I can understand people's frustrations why we've not got three. So it's, it's one of those. It's a, I don't think it's a good point. I don't think it's a bad point. I think it's just a point. <laughs> <laughs> that is a neutral point. <laughs> it's a neutral point. It, could have, it depends which way you look at it, how you're going to see that point. Yeah, I suppose that's a good uh, a good litmus test for how you feel about uh, our chances overall this season. But I'm, you know, the overall picture for me is uh, yes, I think we will stay up. But I, I I wanted to clarify this with someone the other day. I was like, I think we'll stay up. I predicted that, but I don't think we're going to finish in the top half. Like we no. are, we are going to be in a relegation battle. I, I don't have any any doubts about that. You know, we're we're in a nice position at the moment. It's a good start to the season, but. It, the league is so congested, isn't it? I mean, yeah. what is the like? I mean, I saw you mentioned this on the forum actually. Like, Wolves were basically joint bottom the other week. Now they're almost yeah. in the top ten. They got you know double figure. I points. think they're eleventh now. Yeah, put top ten. I mean, there's a debate going on obviously on the S two forum where, and I understand what people are saying, but I do see. I personally think some people get a bit carried away, which is why there was such disappointment with the point at Watford. I don't think we should lose sight that staying up is a huge achievement and that is the main aim. And I don't think that's being negative and I don't think that's being pessimistic or putting the team down. It's going to be a massive struggle. We are going to be in a relegation battle. I personally think we'll probably be in the bottom three at some points this season. Mm. But that's not... We, let's not lose sight of what the main aim is this season and that's staying in the division. Agreed. And also, I think... I, I only really noticed this yesterday, actually, but... Our opening fixtures suddenly look a lot harder than than we all thought. So we've played the team in first, the team in fourth, team in fifth, team in sixth. So we played five of the sorry four of the top six, the current top six, um, and obviously Arsenal are the other one we play next. Yeah, I mean to tick those off and still have you know a positive points per game ratio, if you like, with a zero goal difference, which is all right. You want that to be higher, but <laughs> you know, compared to the bottom two, as you say, Watford have a 16 goal difference differential to us. They're minus 16. Norwich minus 11. Everton minus seven. That's a lot. Yeah. And, and all right, that's gonna. You know, one of those teams is probably got, Everton. Particularly, are not going to finish in the bottom three. I'm, no. <laughs> I'm pretty confident of that one. So that no, I can't that's, see that. That's no. going to come round. But at, at this stage, that is quite a big deal. I think. So I think there's a lot of people are saying you've got to win those sort of games because we're not winning his own games, which I think is really harsh with the teams we've played at home. There's mm. only one game this season that I was disappointed with, and that's the Southampton game. I think expecting a point against Leicester or Liverpool at home for a newly promoted side. I think that's, I mean, again, maybe I'm being too pessimistic, but I, I think that's asking for a lot. And we've had a, a really difficult home start. Mm. So I think it's too early to sort of say, well, our home form's not good enough. 
because we've we've had a really difficult start at home and we've got the the I want to say lesser teams. I don't think there is lesser teams really, but you know the teams that you expect to be around us in the, mostly in the second half of the season, which is where I want to play him. I'd rather play him then than at the beginning of the season. Let's get these big teams out of the way, if you know what I mean, by January and, and February, and then let's have a lack of run it at the end. So mm. yeah, I'm happy where we are. I think where people are going to lose their heads um, <laughs> when. Uh, when it when we probably possibly drop into the bottom three, but I, I think we need to be calm and we need to realise that we are going to be in a relegation battle. And if we drop into the bottom three, it's not the end of the world. Let's realise where we are. Mm. I think the other thing with home form is I think we've played in a weird way. Even though we're what is it? I think it's it's like uh, I work this out. So by the time we play our next away game, uh, it'll be two hundred and eighty days since we lost away from home, mm. uh, which is which is over nine months. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think you could make a case we've actually been better at home. You know, we've certainly created yeah. more chances and been more, uh, much better attacking-wise at home than we have away. And yeah, uh, so yeah, when when you say that about like, oh, you know, I don't think you can say our home form is, it's it's actually sort of distorted by the quality of teams that we've played. But also, we've been a bit unlucky not to get some more points out of that. I think as well. Yeah, I completely agree, and I think it's it's too early as well to to, to either way say. Oh, we need to start winning these games. I saw someone put something like Arsenal. If if the te- if the results go against us, that becomes we must get a result. And I think it's way too early for any of that sort of stuff. Mm. It's so congested that teams are going to lose. You, you're going to find that teams are going to go on a four or five losing streak, and all all of a sudden, wow, they're in serious danger. That's how the the media spread it as well. Obviously, yeah. should I say as well because obviously that's how they, they sell papers. And we're going to go on a four or five match losing streak and. Let's not lose our heads. There's going to be 10 or 11 teams around there who are going to be exactly the same. It's far too early to, for me to be saying, that's a must win, or we must win that, or we must beat Watford away, or we must get something against Arsenal. I just think take it as it comes, and let, we're on nine points. We're on schedule to stay up, which is all you can ask for, I think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's funny that as I watched Southampton yesterday against Chelsea and you know, they were sitting quite pretty about two or three weeks ago and mm-hmm. now that's like, whoa, these are these are in real trouble. Yeah. Uh, we were saying, Oh, I can't believe we didn't score against these, which I, I still stand by because we absolutely should have scored against Southampton. It wasn't like they shut us down defensively or anything like that and they now look no, at the mess of the That's the one game this season that I've come out of or, or watched and, and thought that is a poor result. I don't think there's any getting away from the fact that we should have picked something up in that game. Yeah, but that's how it goes. We shouldn't have picked up three points against Everton, and we Correct. did. So, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, as you say, there's. I mean, sorry that that is my roundabout way of backing up what you're saying about. Yeah, I don't think it's wise to be like we have to win this game unless it is literally like United versus Southampton to decide who stays up at the end of the yeah. season in the final game. Um, yeah, I, I'm from what I've seen uh, and the way that we. You know, we we kind of I don't know if you could say matched every team, but we've certainly been in we've stayed in every game, haven't we? I mean yeah. there's, there's this mental stat where we haven't lost by more than one goal for uh since the Middlesbrough game at the start of last season. So yeah, you're getting on for, that one, yeah. getting for yeah. a full year now. Um so that is what we do. We do stay in games. Um but Which I is think, what Norwich aren't doing and what Newcastle yes. aren't seem to do when they're when they go a goal behind. Yeah, which when is they play when they play a team with an actual idea of how to play football and yeah. not just Manu, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I mean, I, I'm not. It's, it's obvious we've all got the teams we're looking out for: Brighton, Newcastle, Norwich, Villa, hoping that they lose because we think they're going to be down there. But I think it's way too early to be looking at the table and saying this is a must-win because we're going to go into the bottom three. If we go into the bottom three, we go into the bottom three. It's not the end of the world. Mm. You know, there's another thirty games left. Yeah, I, I think I said this too, didn't I? I've um... This sounds stupid and sort of counterintuitive, but like the points are more important than the league position at the moment. Yep. You know, it sounds really weird because obviously the league position is what matters at the end of the day. But as I say, because it's so congested, you know, if if we, um, I mean, say we win our next game, we could go up to seventh or eighth, like, and that's kind of meaningless. Yeah. I mean, twelve points is more important than being seventh or eighth at, at this stage of the season, and with the way it shakes out, if we lose, we could end up in the bottom three. But yeah, it's it's just that it's too tight at the moment. I think to be fretting about um, actual league position. 
or in yeah, getting well, carried away? That's it. I, I think that let's not. I mean, you're going to look at the table. I think Pep Guardiola said it today. Actually, he's banned his players from looking at the uh, Premiership table. Yeah, I probably would if I was him as well. Yeah, <laughs> true. Yeah, <laughs> but obviously because that's going to give a negative outlook. They're thinking we're eight points behind. We're eight points behind, and obviously they're going to look at. They know how much they're behind, but. In a relegation thing where there's so many teams, we win. For instance, if we'd have beat Watford, I think we'd have gone up to 10th or something. That's two points. Yeah. So it shows how tight everything is. Yeah. So overall, yeah, I'm, I'm not, uh, you know, I'm pretty happy with that point. Uh, particularly, do you know what? I really felt we were going to lose in the second half because, so we were very dominant first half. Um, just some quick stats on that. First half, 269 passes by us, 100 by Watford. Uh, we took 20 of our 30 crosses in that first half as well. Um, we still only created four shots as it happened. The second half was much more even. Um, you know, the passing was was almost uh, almost equal, 186 to 152. We actually had fewer attacking third passes in the second half than, um, than Watford did. So, yeah, it, it felt to me like we kind of missed the opportunity to control and, and win the game in that first half. And I really thought... With a couple of like those mistakes and those counter attacks that, that Watford had, I was like, oh, they're just gonna. Th- this is gonna be one of those games where we just look at somebody like De La Feu who comes off the bench and just just wins it with an outrageous bit of skill or something like that, and we we all feel much worse about ourselves because it's like yeah. well, we huffed and puffed in the first half and had you know all that play and all that possession, but ultimately other teams just have better individuals that can win tight games. So I felt it was gonna go that way, which I think helps well, feel better. I can't see these playing as bad in this second half. And, they, and to be fair, they didn't play quite as bad. They weren't quite as deep. They were still quite poor. But, yeah, I, it's, it's a difficult one because it was there for the taking. We're not going to have that much position po- probably the rest of the season, but it could have been worse. Hmm. Agreed. Um, we should definitely spend a little bit of time talking about Dean Henderson because obviously we spent about 20 minutes agonising over him last week uh, after he... I don't think it's harsh to say cost us a point against uh, against Liverpool. He definitely won us a point in this one. You have yeah. to uh, yeah tip your uh, tip your icon cap to um, to this performance. I think is anyone surprised though? I think this is the thing with all the hoo ha last week about hmm. Wilder shouldn't have said this, Wilder shouldn't have said that. We the be- I think his greatest attribute, Henderson's forget his goalkeeping is how he bounces back from mistakes. Yeah, he always comes back from error. He's done it time. You, you look at uh, Butland at Stoke. He's just gone to pieces. Joe Hart was the same a couple of years ago. He's never the same keeper again. I think he's made probably three massive, massive errors, Henderson, since he's been at Sheffield United. Mm. And the game after that, he's, I think he kept a clean sheet after the Leeds games. We went and beat Reading. I think after Villa obviously went on that uh, run where he kept seven clean sheets. And he's kept a clean sheet again, and it's not a coincidence. No, and this one, this one's a fully earned clean sheet as well with those saves. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's just... I mean, this is why I do think he will be uh, England's goalkeeper at, at some point because he's he's so confident, like confident to the point of arrogance, to be honest. You know, there was yeah. that, that great story about him when he was at, uh, at Shrewsbury where he, he, he said he was... I think he'd like tweeted something or posted it on Instagram like best in the world or something like that or yeah, yeah I'm number one and then uh, Rotherham had used it as uh, as motivation for their um, their playoff Final, game. yeah. Yeah, but... It, but I, I believe that he believes that, or that he's yeah, like, or that yeah. he's he's gonna get to that level, and if he doesn't, he's a hell of an actor because it's you know it's very much the image he puts forward, and it and and you see it on the pitch as you say, there's there's no sense um, apart from like right in the moment of like ah oh, bloody hell you know what what how am I going to recover from this? It's you know yeah. it, it's literally against Liverpool, you know he makes a big save ten minutes later, and then in this game, yeah. You know, I, I thought he was, um, you know, basically flawless in this game. Handling was good. Uh, to be honest, I, I didn't really see much kicking wise because Watford just didn't put us under that much pressure. That so is it wasn't, true. Yeah, so it wasn't a lot of distribution needed to be particularly good. Um, but yeah, there's the saves. The one from Welbeck, um, I watched that a few times because I, I just, I, I just found it a really great bit of goalkeeping. I mean, he's he's in on goal, Welbeck. He has so much time. And Henderson like kind of forces him to make a decision. You know, he sort of it comes out, but he doesn't rush him. And then he makes a little bit of like a almost like a, a body swerve almost to try and like dummy him. And then, but he ends up standing up tall and blocking it with his body. And it's it's just such a great bit of goalkeeping. Like that, from that's a, why he's number chance. one because as much as I've got respect for Simon Moore, I don't think he makes that save. 
Potentially I goes, not. I think he goes down earlier, and that's not a criticism at all. That's why Anderson is so good and why he's got so much potential. So, I mean, the the chance actually reminded me a lot of McGoldrick's chance against Southampton. I don't know if you agree. Mm. Where yeah, a little bit, yeah. He had quite a lot of time to think about it. Angus Gunn didn't go down, and then he just basically put his laces through it, didn't he? Uh, mm. both, both of them, Welbeck and McGoldrick. So, that were a, a really, really good save. It was, it's been so easy just to have gone down. No one would have faulted him. If no. I'd have gone in. But to stand so tall and not and to, to be brave enough not to go down, yeah, I thought that were a fantastic save. Yeah, and then the uh, the Dawson one as well. Uh, yeah. n- not maybe as difficult a save, but he still pushed it away from the uh, the other player who was lurking there as well. And it's another of those where as soon as the guy heads it, I was like, ah, oh, crap, this is a goal. Yeah. And suddenly Henderson makes a, a game-saving, point-saving save. So, um, yeah. yeah. Good job, Dino. I didn't lost uh, a point last week. Gained as a point this week. I think it's as simple as that with him. To be fair, yeah, and I didn't doubt that that would uh, that would be the case. And obviously, he's got a uh, you know, he's, he's, if we're going to have a successful season, he's going to play a big part in it. I think. And I think um, it's just like the, all the all the stuff in the media about which we all knew were nonsense from mm-hmm. people saying he's dinosaur management and how's Henderson going to cope. We all expected him to come back like that. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> I, I did think that afterwards. Actually, there is a nice little like. Ha ha! <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. To the uh, look, we know what we're on about. You don't. Sure up. <laughs> but I sent you Andy Dunn's piece in the mirror. Where was that? I, who it was by? I, I imagine that he had an article in mind of saying, "Wilder should not have said this, and he shouldn't have done it." And then obviously he proved him wrong yesterday with a brilliant display. And he's he sort of had to change the tone of the article and then start going on about how Wilder shouldn't be moaning at loan play, just nonsense, like again. So. Yeah, fair play to him. Yeah, I wonder if he filed that one on like Saturday morning or something, and then his uh, it was on the phone to his editor, going like, "Oh, can you just tweak that last paragraph?" Even more stupid. But... <laughs> <laughs> Potentially. Um, right. Next thing I want to talk about, um, which is is a is a talking point. There's no there's no answer to this, I don't think. And uh, well, I guess the answer may emerge over the next few months, but. Defensively, we've been very good. I think we're, we're still making mistakes. It's uh, you know it's fair to say uh, Watford should have scored in this game. Uh, that's that's exactly what expected goals tells us. Yeah. But we're not being carved open. Only Liverpool have conceded fewer goals than we have. There, I think there's one other team on seven goals as well. Uh, Leicester have seven. Yeah, it's Leicester. Yeah. Six Man City let two in yesterday because they were with us. But that's correct. Yeah, but only only Liverpool. You know, the the team with the perfect record have conceded fewer goals than we have. And with the cheap player at centre-half as well in Van Dijk. (laughs) Indeed. So that is impressive. Um, And I've talked at length about why I think, you know, one of my main reasons for saying that we'll stay up is how good our defence is. Uh, The advanced numbers back that up as well. You know, uh, in terms of XG, we're still, you know, a very high-performing, a high-performing defence. Let me just bring that up quickly. Uh, So, yeah, we're still the, I think it's the 10th best defence by XG. Um, so you know that's very good uh, for a newly promoted team, I think, and it's you know it's a hell of a lot better than uh, Norwich, who sit twentieth, Villa, who sit sixteenth uh, on that metric. So much better than the promoted side. Yeah. So defensively, uh, it's not a hot take, but we've been very good. However, attacking wise, not so good. No. Chance, cre- chance creation overall is yeah, it's it's a bit of a weakness. Um, where was those stats? Sorry, I'm just gone to the wrong tab. So our XG for the season is now 17th in the league. It was kind of a hovering mid-table for a while. Mm. Obviously, we don't take many shots. That That's never something we've done, particularly under Wilder. We try and create those high-quality chances. So, you know, quality over quantity in that regard. But that is drying up a little bit as the season kind of takes form. So... Mm. The, the, the roundabout intro to this is do we need to open up more clearly we've approached these first 8-10 games however many games it runs for with a with an approach of like let's stay solid, let's stay tight stay in touch with I guess with the opposition but also with the league as well, let's not, let's mm. not get ourselves into a hole that um, uh, Fulham uh, and I think Huddersfield actually started last season quite well but um, there was another team. It was actually Newcastle left themselves a massive hole, and someone managed to get out of it. But so yeah, it, it seems to me that that is a deliberate ploy. But um, yeah, are we going to score? Is it enough to rely on a defence when the defence is is still giving up? You know, making mistakes. I suppose that potentially should be punished. Do we need to be more attacking, or have we got the right balance at the moment? 
is there a right balance to be struck? Do we? Is it? I, I guess it's like you know, if we suddenly start playing a number ten again and go away from the midfield three, do we end up getting carved open by you know teams that we're currently doing quite well against? Well, the thing is, I mean, Huddersfield stayed up by scoring only twenty eight goals a couple of seasons ago, so it can be done. It yeah. can be done in that sense, but. I, I did see that. I think I think someone tweeted you about it about that. Are we? Did we do it as you just said to keep in touch? Have we gone more solid so we don't, you know, lose us confidence immediately by being bottom of the league and you know maybe having three points and stuff by going a bit more attacking? It's such a conundrum. I really, really don't know. I mean, I'd love to see how it works. I'd love to see this play with the number ten, even if it's just for a couple of games, just to see mm. how that works. But we've got such a hard run of games coming up now that. I don't think that we're going to do it. I think we get away with it, I think, more with McGoldrick. I don't think it's a coincidence that we create more chances in the game McGoldrick's played mm. um, because he plays as the link man and a forward. I think he, he comes deep, you know, he picks it up and we, and we create a lot more. I think even he didn't even start against Chelsea and we didn't create much in that game in the first half. He came on in the second and we did. Mm. I think he, where, where, whenever he's not playing... I do wonder whether we might be better. I don't see the point really a lot of the time of having two strikers on the pitch if we're not going to create, you know, any sort of chances for it. I do think we possibly need someone to come deeper. You could argue that it's working. I, I can't, I can't work it out. Or about, yeah. <laughs> I'll have to back you back, back, back to you that. Well, one. That's a, no, it's, a, it's interesting what you say that we we might actually be more. Uh, productive if we didn't have two strikers on the pitch like it sounds incredibly counterintuitive but actually you might be right um I guess the thing that something that has slightly surprised me is Luke Freeman not getting on in the last two games um I mean we didn't even make all our substitutes against uh against Watford I don't think I think we only made two subs yeah a lot of criticism about that and I, I understand both arguments I understand that if we'd have gone for it and lost people would have been saying Wilder were tactically naive Mm. you shouldn't got a point I understand that by not going for it, you're thinking we could have got three points in that game. It's it's such a hard balancing act. It is, uh, and I, I get I get the pragmatic approach because particularly away from home, you know that's what's that's what's got us this great run of uh, unbeaten games away from home. Yeah. And, and yeah, that that was a legitimate and justified criticism, um, particularly during our first season in the championship. I think of like. Why didn't we just shut up shop and accept a point in this game? Like, why yeah. why have we gone gung ho and ended up getting stung and ended up getting zero points? So it, there was that weird. It might have been the whole season, but there was certainly a run where we just didn't draw games. Do you remember? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. We yeah. were just like win, win, loss, win, win, loss for for ages. And you, I remember at the time going, well, that's great actually because you know that that's better than. Uh, you know, drawing two games or something like win and lose, you get more points than two draws. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But now, as we've talked about before, points are so important. Every point is so important that actually, I, I get, I get saying like, do you know what, Watford? All right, they're the bottom of the league, but they might not be. They might not be bottom of the league at the end of the season. Let's not allow them to make up three points on us. Let's let's stick with this. We've got a point. We'll take that and move on. Um, but yeah, it's still surprising to me that Freeman has not been on in terms of like let's let's go to a number ten now. Let's let's try and change the game because we, despite what I've just said, I, I do think we did push for a winning goal against Watford. We, it felt like we were the team trying to make something happen more at the end of the game. We just we just couldn't. We just couldn't get through. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I, I feel like. I feel like we've got a, we've got a base at the moment uh, in terms of like you know a defensive base uh, that, that includes the midfield and the attack, and it's kind of working. And it's just whether we stick or twist um, in terms of opening up a bit more. It, it, again, it just comes back to that midfield three, really, doesn't it? Um, yeah. yeah. Who I think have all performed very very well. Um, and you know the team, as I say, nine points from eight games. That's great. If you'd offered me that after eight games at the start of the season, I definitely would have taken it. Yeah. But yeah, it's like, are, I, are we operating? Won- Go ahead. Sorry. Sorry, I, I wonder if he's going to stick with it until it fails, and it's not yeah. really failed us. Some some people may argue that we could have got more points. I think Wilder's argument will be said, well, we could have lost more points. We mm. are in a decent position. We've got a good points tally. I think it's going to come to the crunch when we go on a bit of a because we will do. We'll, we'll. I've no doubt we'll lose two or three in a row at some point, and that I think is when he'll possibly change it. I think you've hit the nail on the head there. To be honest, yeah, that's that's kind of how I expect it as well. I think, 
I think we can... Aff- so let's say we play a slightly more open formation. I think our defence and goalkeeper are good enough to restrict teams to you know very few goals. I think they're just they are just excellent and they know they know what they're doing, they know where they're supposed to be and they are also good at the act of defending at you know. just on that point, I've heard a few people saying our defence is not as good as it seems because we've conceded quite a few chances. Obviously I think with three good chances of Liverpool last week, three good chances I don't think that's anything to do with the shape or anything. I think they have all been basic elementary errors that you can't. We can't improve that, you know, as, as a as a club. You've just got. To, you could argue it's concentration levels. I'm not sure, but I agree with you that I, I think our defence. You don't go concede as a little amount as we have in the past year, pretty much, without having a good defence. Yeah, agreed. And when you know when I say it's good, I mean it's it's a mid-table defence. I think. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah not, we're, we're not. Uh, we're not. Even though you know there is that nice stat about how only Liverpool have conceded uh, less goals. Um, yeah, it's it's performing like a mid-table defense, which is is good. That that is a good yeah. a good way to stay up for sure. Um, but yeah, it's just it's just whether we kind of open it up a bit more. Um, the big thing is, and and this is a a classic case of your stock rising while you're out of the team. David McGoldrick, I mean, yeah, this this game best thing that ever happened to him getting injured. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, assuming he doesn't. Um, can he sit out the international break? I don't want him going playing for Ireland again after <laughs> after the last He hasn't been picked, has he? So, oh, is he not right? Okay. No, he's not being picked for the squad. I think Wilder said something along the lines of, "If McCarthy wants to call on him, that, that's up to him." But he's not being picked in the initial squad, at least. Always like Mick McCarthy. Um, yeah, but yeah, this was very much a game for McGoldrick, and yeah, I, you know, then I see the sort of counter arguments are like, "Well, he wouldn't have scored anyway to just miss those chances," but. The important thing is that we get chances. Like this is what I yeah, mean. Yeah, that's not the point to me. Yeah. The big question in this whole sort of uh, circular debate is like, are we operating on too fine a margin here? Where suddenly, you know, we those chances that Watford had, they go in and we lose, or you know, Liverpool take their chances. Are we being by being so defensive? Are we limiting our opportunity to win games and get points? And you know, have we ridden our luck a little bit defensively with some? I of the think there's an argument to say that is true, but I would also say that so far it's working. I think, let's say against Arsenal uh, next Monday or Monday after, we start with Freeman, uh, Didzy's back, and I don't know Billy Sharp or whatever, and we lose three nil. People were saying we should have stuck with that flat three. It's been working, you know. So it's mm. it's it's so difficult because we are doing well. There's no getting away from the fact that we're 13th in the league with nine points, more than the other two promoter clubs, more than the likes of Brighton, Newcastle, Southampton, Watford. Now you expect possibly to be down there. Mm. I don't think there's any. I don't think he can change it, or I don't think he should change it until it's been. You know, until we start really struggling, which I do think will happen, yeah. and that's and I think in the second half of the season, I think we'll probably will see, you know, Freeman play more, McGoldrick play more. We might even bring someone in in that position. Yeah, I, I think uh, I, I think McGoldrick will definitely come in for the next game. But I, other than that, I expect it to probably will be the same team. I think, and we'll just mm-hmm. see see how it goes. I suppose, but. Yeah, I, I really do think uh, McGoldrick's stock has gone up quite a lot in these last couple of games where we've, you know, yeah. all right, still maintaining against Liverpool, we did create some good chances, but it, well, yeah. maybe good chances are a stretch, but we, you know, we created some shots uh, more than I expected, I think. And they were, as I said at the time, there was uh, crosses that probably would have led to goals had Van Dyke not been in, as yeah, you say, yeah. God mode. Um, but yeah, it- it's, it is an interesting one. I, I don't, I don't see what the answer is right now, and I think yeah, until we, until we actually start losing games um, like consistently, I'm not sure you can justify a call for a, a change of approach. I mean, I, I guess it is that we, you know, as fans, we all want the team to be better. You know, no matter where you are and how you're doing, I think we all strive to we all strive to want to see better don't we? we want to see improvements and yeah yeah and you want to see your team attack as much as you can yeah. and you can't really everyone wants to play like kevin keegan's newcastle but mm. also win a league yeah which I, I guess is basically what uh norwich norwich's approach a little bit this season but yeah 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 maybe that's uh maybe that's slightly unfair but um yeah but they, obviously i mean i think whatever you play mcgoldrick's really important to us anyway but it's pivotal when you're playing a flat three and i think that's what I think we're all discovering now. I think mm. 
you can play McBurney and Robinson and whoever else up front as a, as a normal front two if you've got a linkman such as Freeman and Duffy in the past. But I think whatever you're playing that flat three, McGoldrick is the it is pivotal to that system. Yeah, indeed. Um, well, that's a good point actually to, to segue into the uh, the Denblades Alternative Man of the Match Award. Um, so this is brought to you by the Denblades fanzine. Uh, which is written and produced by very talented blades, focusing on things that things in United's past and present and future that deserve some special attention. So th- this award is intended to, yeah, not pick out the the best player of the the match that we've just had, but to focus on somebody that, yeah, I think deserves some some extra attention. So. Yeah, I mentioned him already, but I, um, I, I had to say David McGoldrick is a strong case for alternative man of the match because his his stock has gone through the roof in the last couple of weeks with our, our lack of chance creation. Who, uh, who who have you got up for this one this week? This is an obvious one. It's an obvious one, but I've gone Dino. Not necessarily for his performance, which were great, but just for making Adrian Durham, Natalie Sawyer, all the idiots basically look like what they are. <laughs> <laughs> I do like that. And so, I, yeah, I've, I've gone for him just to, less for his performance and more for just completely shutting down the debate of whether Wilder were right or wrong. Yeah, I liked, um, I think it was after he made the Welbeck save as well, he sort of pointed straight to the United fans as a good uh, a good shot yeah. of that happening. And, um, yeah, I, I, like, you know, we we said last week, I think we I think we nominated the uh, the fans last week, didn't we, for that? Yeah, that's right. Instant kind of uh, Dino support, and um, yeah, he he definitely repaid that uh, this week, and hopefully, hopefully, in many more games to come. Um, my my proper nomination uh, for this one is Watford's shooting coach or whoever is responsible <laughs> for their abysmal finishing because it has been truly abysmal and it absolutely came to the fore in this one. So uh, nerd numbers, they have scored four goals this season. Their XG is 11. So they're underperforming their XG by seven goals. Uh, no one in the league is close to that. The nearest is Everton with five. So, yeah, and, and you know, slight pat on the back to us here. We, we talked about it in the last one. We said they, they create chances, they can't finish. For some reason, they are really bad at finishing. They've either been really unlucky or they're really bad at it. And that absolutely came to the fore in this one. It I looks mean, like they're really bad at it because they were not unlucky misses that they missed. I mean, I know they're missing Troy Dina. Uh, it could be... I think you're asking a lot, even though, for him to... that If they carry on like that with the chances that they, they, mm. they are missing... I, they are, I think they're going to struggle. I, I'll be honest with you. I think they will be down there this season. I wish I'd have put a bet on it. <laughs> yeah, they probably will. I, I was just I had a quick look at the odds of um, them to stay up, and they're, they're not even remotely tempting, to be honest. I was hoping they would have uh, drifted a bit after this weekend. They're not even the favourites to go down. They're, they're actually shorter odds than United. Which, is... which I understand, because they have got good players, and they've proven in the past that they can get it together. And I, I do expect them to be the sort of team who can go on a two or three winning streak once they get it together. Mm. But at the same time, I, I don't know. There's a lot of... A lot of things wrong, I think, at Watford. They, they looked a little... They, obviously, the confidence is down and stuff, but the big players like the Corey and stuff didn't... I don't think they're anywhere near like what they've shown in the past. And mm. Obviously, Danny Welbeck, he's, he's probably past his best, isn't he, to be fair? He, he, I wouldn't mm. want to rely on him anyway. And Andre Gray's never really been a prolific goal scorer at this level. So, I think they're going to be, could be struggling, especially if Dini doesn't get fit. You know, in the next couple of months or something. Yeah, I thought when you said Dini, I thought that was like your new new pet name for Henderson. There. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Dini Henderson. Um, yeah, it's interesting what you said about they're not uh, they're not unlucky finishes. I think that's that's a good shout. I mean, that Andre Gray one was was absurd. Um, the Henderson, uh, the Welbeck one, obviously, like. It, it's not. It wasn't like a, a David Seaman versus Pesky no. Salido kind of like what? How the hell has he saved that? I think that's. I think you were right to make that comparison to the McGoldrick chance, where you almost look at the striker and be like, "How have you not done better from that?" I mean, you still give a lot of credit to the goalkeeper for the way he forced him to make a make yeah. and execute a poor decision. But yeah, you're right. Their, their finishing has been. Uh, well, I think he should have passed it well back, by the way, as well. Yes. I mean, he seems to say obviously not in the heat at the moment, but. Yeah, that's an open goal, which Andre Gray might have missed. But <laughs> yeah, he's obviously, if he'd have laid that off, I think realistically that's a goal, isn't it? Yeah, good, <laughs> good point about Andre Gray. Um, but I saw him against Arsenal, and they were exactly the same. They created chance. This is why I thought it was going to be a difficult game because I saw him. Have, I think that's about thirty attempts against Arsenal, yeah. and then throwing two-two, which I think 
I think is that I think that's the only time they scored more than one in a game this season as well. Uh, I guess it must be if they've only scored yeah. four. Yeah, I can't. They could have had five or six. Yeah, I watched. I watched some of that, and it was it was like, what on earth is happening here for Arsenal yeah. defence? But yeah, so I think I'm going to have to give it to him. Whoever's whoever's responsible for Watford shooting um, mm. probably wants shooting, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> so, so they need to do a lot better. But I'm, I'm very grateful for their uh, their efforts this weekend. Um, their, their very wayward efforts, because uh, yeah, the, the narrative after this one could be a lot more doom and gloom. Uh, had they taken one of those chances that we just happened to uh, basically give them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, that's uh, that, that's what I'm going to give the award to this week. So congratulations to uh, to Watford's shooting coach. Fair play. And, and thanks again. Please keep it up for the next uh, next 30 games. That would be much appreciated. Um, <laughs> so they're the winner of the uh, the, the Denblades Alternative Man of the Match Award. You can get your copy of the fanzine from denblades.co.uk. It's, uh, I think it just got published last week, actually, the third issue of the quarter, the third quarterly. Um, yeah, so I imagine that's probably on its way. I don't know whether to say too much there, actually, in case, yeah, <laughs> in case yeah. Sam ends yeah. up getting lots of angry tweets. But Well, I thought it was last week it was close to becoming, so I all set to send Sam like a, a message, you know, threatening him physically. <laughs> uh, but, <laughs> but, yeah, I think it is coming out this week, isn't it? Yeah, I think, I think so. Certainly, he said, he said in his, uh, his unathletic newsletter this morning that it was published last week. So, yeah, fingers crossed that's going to be landing on doormats uh, across the nation later this week um so yeah get that from uh denblades.co.uk i'm very much looking forward to uh to seeing my copy arrive for sure um mm. all right mate we're, we're going into another of these pesky international breaks so we're not going to talk about arsenal uh this week we're going to save that for next week when we will also talk about uh get some proper thoughts on our new signings and uh, a few other things as well i think so but yeah international break it's, it's so weird with the premier league like and it's probably not that different to the championship, but it just feels like there's such big gaps between games sometimes. I mean, I was thinking this the other day, it, it kind of amplifies how we feel about um, every single result and every single fixture. It's like it's like NFL where they play one game a week and it's such a big event. You know, every yeah. there's obviously only a 16-game season there, so you know every game is kind of make or break. But it feels like that narratively in the Premier League, I think, and... It can be hard not to get carried away in either direction, I suppose. But yeah, you said on the first pod, "What would you miss about the the championship?" And I said, "Those, I think those extra, what is it, six games? Oh, sorry, mm. eight games, isn't it? Eight games, yeah, yeah, eight games. Uh, that I think that'll. I, I said, like, I think that'll be quite a big culture shock for us, or you know, and try to get used to it. And I think that is the case. You look at the championship clubs; they played three games last week, so yeah, they're probably yeah. thinking, right, yeah, let's that's all right, let's have a break, you know, reset. I remember us when we. I think at this time last season we we beat Blackburn away and then beat Hull at home and we were like we looked knackered in that whole game. Hmm. So we're like, yeah, let's have a break. Delighted with this. Uh, and it's not like that in the Premier League, is it? No, big gaps. A uh, lot of media focus on <laughs> every little event. I mean, they're yeah. obviously going to spin their narratives and get their clicks as well, I suppose. Um, yeah, we mentioned McGoldrick's obviously uh, not going to play for Ireland unless something strange changes. Do you know what's going on with McBurney? Because he went off with an injury and had uh, ice on his knee. I haven't, um, I haven't found anything or seen anything about that. They know? asked Wilder um, after the game, and he said he's he's gone for a scan. So oh, okay. probably no. I would have thought by today. Um, I'm sure the Scotland fans will be devastated if he has to. <laughs> I'm <laughs> come sure. Out of the I, I, I think the commentator said that actually, uh, <laughs> and he wasn't he wasn't being tongue in cheek. I was sort of uh, <laughs> chuckling to myself. I was like, oh, Scotland fans will be watching this one anxiously. Like, mm, yeah, no, not no. all of them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, um, I think Stevens is out for the Ireland first game as well because he got suspended. Uh, he got so many yellow cards. So. Okay. Okay, so we're, we're, we're not losing that many players then, uh, and everyone else gets a big break. Um, I mean, we but you imagine Egan will play both games because obviously what happened with Keo, so mm, Yes, you, you would imagine that, yes. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, yes, I mean, we obviously know our abysmal record after international breaks recently, uh, and, and you know, if we're being realistic, that's probably going to continue against Arsenal. They were also suddenly one point behind Man City. Yeah, mad. Despite... They don't seem to have been that impressive. <laughs> no, I don't think they have either. Where is? Do you watch the Bournemouth game yet? I only watched the highlights, to be fair. And no. Bournemouth seems to have three or four chances they really should have taken against them. Right. Okay. Yeah. One point behind Man City, despite not actually playing that well for stretches this season. And you know, I think Emery was kind of 
kind of on the brink there for a couple of weeks, maybe like you know, a couple more bad games. So, yeah, suddenly they're doing quite well. Although perhaps that says more about the uh, the state of the Premier League than uh, than their actual ability, I suppose. But anyway, sorry, very long. But I know it's a pre. I know we're doing the preview next week, but I'm going to get a little bit of hope out for people that I think this is the first time after. Well, it will be the first time after an international break that we're actually going to play on a Monday. So you imagine the oh. players will get back on. Wednesday, I would have thought, something like that. So that gives us Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday to, you know, really get together again. And mm. hopefully that makes a, a huge difference, that extra two days. Hopefully, yeah. Uh, it is a big game, obviously, because, you know, as, as much as he kind of said about uh, we've actually been quite good at home and we've been a little bit unlucky, you know, you, you don't want to keep losing games at home, no. do you? You don't want this to become a thing where we lose four of our first five games. Have I got that right? Uh yeah, it would be one. Three out of four. <clears throat> Three out of four already, but it uh, would be. Sorry, it would be four out of five. It would be four sorry, out of five yeah. if we lost yeah. to Arsenal. You, you know, and all right. I think we only lost five at home all last the last time we went down as well. So that's right. Yeah, so you know that that could become a thing if it isn't already a thing. It's certainly not in my mind, but I imagine it is for a, a few people. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it is an important game. But yeah, it's a, it's a long break. I, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to a night game at Bramall Lane. I won't. Uh, I won't lie, probably be a, a slightly better atmosphere than uh, Sunderland in the League Cup, I would have thought. <laughs> yeah. um, probably a few more people there I, as well. I think as well with the... I think... It's the sort of game you imagine if you were a neutral saying, Arsenal's not going to like to go there on a Monday night <laughs> if it's raining and stuff. It's the sort of the cliched sort of game what Arsenal, you know, in the past have struggled with, but it's still going to be incredibly tough. Yeah. It will be for sure, um, but yeah, it's a long break. Uh, particularly playing on the Monday, you know, it's it's two weeks today, mm-hmm. and obviously we played two days ago. So, yeah, come back football. I, I'm not a fan of international breaks. No, I'm not either. And I just like to say as well, if um, if the results go against us on Saturday and we go into the bottom three by the Arsenal game, let's not, please, please don't go mental. <laughs> just keep, you know, let's keep calm. It's only nine games. Yeah. Indeed, no. Uh, if anything, maybe that'll spur us on even more. But we'll... yeah, possibly, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but equally, some people may be ready to, uh, I don't know, punch themselves in the face, throw the towel in, throw the wow. towel in. Oh. That's a that's a less <laughs> violent one for sure. <laughs> nice one, mate. All right, so yeah, um, you know, I think I think in summary of the Watford game, uh, it was uh, the archetypal last on match of the day meme, wasn't it? Yeah. You know, just a. Yeah. A really low quality game from both sides. I saw on their view from they were kind of one of them was saying you know it was a a good League Two game with uh, not yeah. much quality. Although they were, I saw they were also quite critical of their approach, weren't they, of um, being defensive? Yeah, I think and... they were surprised as we were how they approached it. They're basically, I mean, I'd have been the same, and I don't think they've been disrespectful by saying if we're going to play like that against Sheffield United at home, mm. where are we win up from really, you know, because. We didn't really. We were really powder puff, and we're not normally like that most of the time, at least. Anyway, and they're saying like they, we played. A t- they played against a team, and within their eyes, basically came for a point, mm-hmm. got the point, didn't really put too much, you know, attack too much, and you know when they're coming up against Tottenham next week, we're obviously in a, a huge state, so maybe it's not the Tottenham of old. You you have to do stuff. You have to wonder from a, a Watford fan. That's the, they are the games you've got to win, aren't they? Yeah, I think so. And then the flip side for us, you know, I, I think. We do have to remember how far we've come, I suppose. You know, we the fact we're we're kind of going, we're kind of being disappointed that we didn't get some out of Liverpool, and we only got only got a point away at Watford. You know, we're uh, I think they finished eleventh in the Premier League last season. They, they obviously reached the FA Cup final. They're an established Premier League team, and we're a little bit disappointed um, yeah. to only get a point out of that. And I think I think it's very justified to be disappointed with the performance um, for sure. Yeah, um, definitely. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm certainly not getting down about inverted commas only no. a point away from home in the Premier League because yeah, I think every single one of them is going to be extremely precious. So I'm good with it. I think I, I personally thought that were possibly, and I'm, I, I don't know if anyone will disagree. I think that were possibly our worst performance of the season, to be honest. Overall, I think we conceded some ridiculously. You know, poor chances uh, from our point of view. Mm. I don't think we offered anything really going forward. We kept the ball okay and stuff, we're passing it around. But I, I'd say like that was possibly the most worrying performance so far. Without, I, I'm not personally worried, but I can see completely why people were concerned after it. Yeah, that's a good summary. Actually, I was going to say Everton was worse, but then we didn't. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, we didn't I, give away easy chances in that game at all. It. And I think if you, if we'd have got if if that had been the game and Watford had not created a chance for a draw nil nil, we could have just said you know 
yeah, we need to improve on attacking. But the fact we conceded a few chances mm. as well, we could have lost it. And we should never have lost that game based on what Watford created themselves. Yeah, I think that's, uh, that is a very fair summary indeed. All right, let's, uh, let's wrap it up there, mate. So we'll come back next week and talk about Arsenal and some other stuff as well. Uh, in the meantime, where can people check out your stuff? It's uh, www.royceviewfrom.com yeah, <laughs> or at Panchero on Twitter. Nice stuff. What, uh, have you got any international break content coming I'll be coming looking at Scotland fans slagging McBurney off if, <laughs> if he gets called up. Hopefully Fleck gets a game as well. I'm not sure if he will. But, yeah, I'll be I'll be doing um, the, the views from uh, the international uh, fans of what they're thinking about the players who are being called up. I'll try and get a Bosnia view for Besic, but I oh. can't promise that. So. <laughs> oh, that, that would be a great effort. Yeah, you're going to be Google translating uh, Glaswegian tweets. It, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, if we if we don't, my excuse is that he don't actually play for us. I'll, I'm just going to get that in straight away. <laughs> <laughs> nice one. All right, buddy. Let's uh, let's leave it there then. Uh, thank you very much for your time as always, and uh, I'll speak to you later. Yep. See you later.